pledge allegiance to the flag of the United States of America. And to the Republic for which it stands. One nation under God. Indivisible with liberty and justice for all. Well, ladies and gentlemen, how are you going to follow that one up? You gotta ask. But thank you and welcome to another episode of The Sea Report. I am coming to you at this time. It is live. It is March 14th. For an unknown allocated amount of time left. And I welcome you all back to the show. Thank you for joining me here. I am your host. Whomever it is that I might be, I am not so much anonymous. But in supporting certain prisoners denied their constitutional rights. Very interesting that. You know, it's crazy. This, uh, what I played for you at the very head of this, the prisoners whom were taken in for being in attendance at the January 6th um, false flag riots at the Capitol. I've called them that, ladies and gentlemen. 
I've called them that since the day they happened. It was the January 6th false flag capital riots. That is what they are, ladies and gentlemen. False flag capital riots. Because they caused riot. It was a very weak, lame riot. Ladies and gentlemen, I missed the riot, you know? I mean, I gotta say, guys, ladies and gentlemen, like, I'm the kind of guy that for some reason always missed the raves, you know? Like, the raves that would happen, um, you know, where they're, the, you know, back back in the 90s, I know, and, and probably the late 80s through the 90s, like, the rave raves. We're not talking about the disco nights, okay? We're not, we're not talking about the high-octane cocaine-fueled disco nights. We're talking about the rave nights and culture. Okay. That was later, right? And that I missed. Missed, 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 missed inexorably. That's kind of how I feel about January 6th, if I'm being absolutely honest with you. I missed the riot. What the hell? Okay, if I had to be 100 TBHing on my peeps out there, I could tell you exactly what I was doing during the riot, but no one wants to know what I was doing during the riot. Okay. So, you know, <laughs> I can tell you. My, I guess I would say counterparts, but if I say counterparts, then people are going to think that I'm like Cavortin and Kaludin and, you know, like, you know, stitching my way into some type of spooky tapestry. You know what I mean? But I'm sure they were weary about like, oh, they're like, well, where did he go? Oh, well, do you really want to know where I went? I mean, it was freaking freezing out there. I'm telling you, like, my pelvis has never vibrated so rapidly. I thought that I was going to be disjointed from the coldness of the weather on that. Was it a Wednesday? I think it was a Wednesday. It was a Wednesday, not a Tuesday. I always keep saying, I got into town on Tuesday. I'm pretty sure. And I was late. Because I'm always late, ladies and gentlemen. I'm always late. Uh, let me see here. Let me see. Let me just be for sure. Yes, ladies and gentlemen. January 6th was a Wednesday. Okay. January 5th, when I flew into Washington, D.C., was a Tuesday. Um, anyhow. So, or did I get there on? No, I got there on the fifth. I got there on the fifth. Uh, I it was pretty. It was a pretty straight shot. Whenever I was um in Washington D.C. because um, well. If I'm being if I'm being absolutely 100% honest, it was a viewer of the show 
and a a member of the crew who um afforded me that trip let me tell you what you know my foray into washington dc on january 6th and the reason why i wanted to be there the reason why i felt like i needed to be there is because i felt like i had been called to be there and it just so happens that someone set up a path for me to be there for which i will always be grateful for the experience you know they got me to washington dc i missed my flight they were gracious enough to help me rebook. I was on the very next flight to Washington, D.C. from my locale. And the rest is, as they say, erased and censored from history because YouTube and everyone else took it down. And uh, the outfit I was, um, you know, uh, just you know, making content with, uh, lost it. So, you know, anyways, that's not the point of the matter. The point of the matter is if I would be in Arizona right now, buddy, I would be in Florida. Okay. I would be in Ohio, right? I would be everywhere. So, uh, I just let you know, buddy, I ain't done yet, but, um, <sighs> This, what I, I played at the head of the episode today, the uh, President Trump and January 6th, justice for all. I mean, ladies and gentlemen, where are we at on this? I know we mentioned it briefly, you know, maybe at the head of the week last week here on the show personally, but you know, time is kind of warbled right now. You know, for me, it is March 14th. Yesterday was my father's birthday, you know, and, um, you know, life, it's just going to keep on coming at you. Uh, you know, people, people, people who've listened to my show for any amount of time kind of know a little bit about all that if you've been attached to who I am as a person, you know, but like, you know, like I said, yesterday was my father's birthday. Uh, I, you know, I was actually intending to be fully back on the air by yesterday, my father's birthday. I was like, my father's birthday is on a Monday. It's a perfect day, you know, to go and start streaming again. Just do it, you know, but I can't, I just can't come back. I'm not ready yet to come back full-blown to the public committed. I'm sorry. I apologize. You know. Uh, there was something else that was very special about yesterday, my father's birthday. But what could be more special than that? Right? So, anyways, y'all, justice for all. 
Donald Trump and the January 6th prison choir. You know, sometimes it hits you just a little bit that hard because you think about think about these people. You, you know, I was actually quite astonished because um, I had heard some show talking about this whole situation. And they were saying that... Uh, the FBI or the Justice Department or whomever it is that the Democrats have running all of this crap uh, were still actively arresting and searching for people who were involved in this uh, supposed insurrection, which I have heard individuals talk about this event and i have to agree you know this was not an insurrection uh, the uh, the uh videos that mccarthy opted to share with tucker carlson which has turned into its own debacle of itself which we're gonna jump right into next ladies and gentlemen you know the videos show everyone. I mean, we had, it, it, it was like between, it was 14,000, 41,000. I mean, come on, make up your mind matrix. What's it going to be? I'm pretty sure it's north of 41,000 hours of footage. And then there's something else going on there in itself, which, you know, I haven't really caught up with hundred percent myself but if i'm being 100 percent honest with you we're just gonna kind of touch into that there's a lot of things i kind of wanted to dip into on this episode today i i really wanted to be back on the air by yesterday my father's birthday and talking with you guys but i just i'm not ready yet to come back on the air um not live anyways but I'm going to be, you will, we're, I'm just going to have this stream here hanging on to you all. I mean, aside from, aside from the fact that, you know, like it, 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 it costs to stream live to brought a lot of, you know, broadcasts, um, I just, you know, I'm not ready to be live again yet. So, anyways, um, justice for all. I can, I can't even, I can, cannot even, but I can only just imagine what they or their families must be going through. The political prisoners and people don't even realize and or take this seriously. Like what these individuals have gone through in the name of a media fallacy, ladies and gentlemen, a media fallacy, a coup within a coup and 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 an administrative coup. And of all the coups. You know, 
the optical presidential and the administrative coups were the successful. But they were all only successful because this is exactly as it was written to be, ladies and gentlemen. And guess what? It's not just the Biden administration and the cartels and all the people who helped them pull off this massive and inclusive and what subjective uh, election fraud teamster. It's not just that, you know, it's everyone. There's all the players, including the politicians, if not first the politicians. That's something that we should have learned, if not anything, if not more so. And they told us all, they told you and me, and much, many more of you have believed much longer, much deeper, and much harder that the end is not for everyone. And isn't it going to be a shame when we lose our heroes to the subterfuge of racketeering, fraud, deception, and treason? Because it's coming. We have peeled back so many layers, ladies and gentlemen. We have peeled back so many layers of this wretched corruption that has deceived us all for decades past. Our grandparents' generation. Can you imagine? I can say that. Can't you say that, dear listener? I know who my demographic is. You can say that. For decades past your grandparents' generations, they have deceived us, ladies and gentlemen. They have deceived us all. And it is time for us to take the responsibility of acknowledging the truth it is time for us to take the responsibility of awakening and activating ourselves. What does that mean to activate, ladies and gentlemen? What is this particular particulate? What is this particular particulate? We all have our own ways of helping out. Ladies and gentlemen, we all have our own ways of moving the needle. It is for us to examine. It is for no one else to judge. But the point is, in your real life, in something tangible that you can feel in your hands and or see an external alteration because of your actions. That is what needs to occur. Something in your real life, not on the air, not in your head, ladies and gentlemen. 
not some type of massive plan that you're plotting out. Because I'll say it once, I'll say it again. Application is totally different from theory. It's totally different from study. So, there and before you. Now, Tucker Carlson, given this information by Speaker McCarthy, there's a lot of feels about that all the way around. I'm sure people who have found this show are probably able to relate to the feels. I don't think I need to get into them. Okay. Uh, brief summation. Why would the speaker release the uh, footage that the January 6th Unselect Committee would not release to the world? Why would they release it just to Carlson? Why wouldn't they release it to everyone else? Some people feel like it's a good thing that they did release Tucker Carlson because you got the bona fide truth. Uh, if you ask me, it should have been released to everybody because if you give it to one centralized person, which I think McCarthy did just to get it off of his hands so he would not have to be responsible for it, then uh, that information can be uh, stopped from being shared. It can be quelled because of what? Because of the fact that it only went to one central person. And if that person is bought and or compromised, well, he can be stopped. He can be pressured. He can be threatened. Whatever. It doesn't matter. That's exactly the way that has kind of played out. I would say never mind the fact that Tucker Carlson is one with the establishment. I know people who have found their way to this show probably would not agree with me. But ladies and gentlemen, get real. Oh, oh, wait, wait, wait. What? How does the saying go? Get your head out of your ass. Okay? Get your head out your ass. Tucker Carlson's with the establishment. So... It makes sense that it went to him, okay? And the way that things are playing out, well, that just kind of makes sense, okay? Tucker Carlson's been with him for a long time, okay? He's great. I'm glad they gave him his moment. But that is just about what it is. There was this article here. Let's see. I, I pulled a few articles to share with you all. So we can talk about the Tucker issue for just a bit. Okay. There was the, uh, first of all, let's actually, let's address, first of all, what the videos and what the um, exposure was. Because this is something that we haven't talked about here at the Sea Report yet. You know, we're catching up on news, even though news is in a weird space right now. But you know what? I'm just kind of doing my own thing over here. I'm not really paying attention to anyone else at the moment. So it says, what will come from the humiliating revelations about Tucker Carlson and Fox News? Now, it says Friday. But what was Friday? Oh, I apologize. That's uber, uber rude. Oh, so this is from uh, the 10th then, March 10th. 
It says on Monday night, which means it would have been, uh, this would have been Friday, March 10th, okay, that this article is published. Friday, March 10th, this article is published. Monday, March 6th, Tucker Carlson brought his Fox News viewers the kind of story you'd probably call big if true. Okay, now here's the thing. The information that they brought to America, this, like, for for example, this, this is an opinion by Justin Peters at Slate. Fuck yes, Slate. Justin Peters, were you there on Wednesday, January uh, 6th, 2021 at Washington, D.C.? Were you there, Justin Peters, for you to have an opinion I wonder if you were actually physically there. Now, March 10th, 2023, January 6th, 2021. Let's see what Justin Peters of Slate has to say. Okay. The news pertained to the January 6th insurrection. And the interesting part was that According to Tucker Carlson, it had hardly been an insurrection at all. Using snippets of United States Capitol security camera footage his show had obtained from Speaker of the House Kevin McCarthy, Carlson presented scenes of election protesters wandering calmly around the building, in some cases interacting peacefully with police officers. What a fun field trip! The takeaway, according to the host, was that while the protesters were angry because they believed that the election had just voted in had been uh, unfairly conducted and they were right, the persistent narrative of January 6th insurrectionist violence is nothing more than a dirty liberal lie, one that has been used as a pretext for a federal crackdown on opponents of the Uniparty in Washington. Now, that is what that was reported, and then this is a lot of quote from Carlson, okay? Now, I did not see this presentation by Tucker Carlson myself, ladies and gentlemen, but what I can say, <laughs> what can I say? It was hardly an insurrection at all, according to Tucker Carlson, says this article. I would have to agree with that. It was. Okay. Um, let's see here. They put using snippets of U.S. Capitol security footage his show had obtained from Speaker McCarthy. Carlson presented scenes of election protesters wandering calmly around the building, in some cases interacting peacefully with cops. So, you know, what I have to say here is that... I did not go inside the Capitol myself, ladies and gentlemen, but I was present at the Capitol on January 6th. I stood on the lawn uh, talking with people, you know, in Washington, D.C., talking with families, talking with patriots, uh, some people I interviewed. Now, you could talk to, you know, you could talk to Anyone from the outfit I used to work with, okay? Uh, Kevin W., you could ask him. And, you know, 
they they said they lost the footage, but I was there asking people questions, interviewing. Now, I remember long about 3 p.m. them talking about possible shooting um, and possible riot. But, you know, you know, when you get to 6 p.m. in the evening and it's starting to get sundown and you've already seen some smoke cannons, you've seen some flash grenades, you just decide to kind of go home. Like, I was kind of like, they had a curfew in Washington, D.C. at that time. I was there, okay? And it was like, just go home. Just go back to the hotel. Like, go get dinner. Go take a hot bath, you know, or shower. And get ready to clear out, you know, because that was my mission. I fulfilled my mission in Washington, D.C., ladies and gentlemen. And... When I left the Capitol, ladies and gentlemen, when I left the Capitol around 6 p.m., it could between 6 and 7 p.m. that night, I was leaving the Capitol grounds, okay? And my family was calling me, and it was my sister, my eldest sister, my mother, and my brother. And they were curious to know if I was okay. And I was like, what are you talking about? Of course I'm okay. I'm just here in Washington, D.C. at this, you know, you know, election integrity rally. And they're like, they're riots. You were in a riot. And I was like, what are you talking about? I mean, you know, I mean, okay, because, you know, okay, guys, let's be, let me be honest with you, because um, we're about midway through the episode, and I don't know, it is, it is, it is March 14th, 2023, it's almost midnight, and I might, my, my recording might be interrupted, but let's be honest with you. I saw President Trump speak. And he said, go peacefully and patriotically to protest at the Capitol. He said he was going to march with us. He didn't. Um, I mean, at least as I recall, I could be wrong. I could be wrong. Uh, and I, I had to go drop a deuce, ladies and gentlemen. I went back to my hotel and then I got back to the Capitol probably about 2 p.m. ish. You know, <laughs> I miss the riot. So when I got back to the Capitol, you know, I'm just I'm working my way back up route two. So I finally got to the foot of the Capitol on the lawn where the big like 100 fucking foot flag was. That's where I was. And I was kind of like talking to people, interviewing people intermittently and intermittently talking to Kevin W. from Q and A-Holes. That's my story for, that's part of my story for, you know, um, January 6th. I've never told anyone, but th that's what I was doing. I was like, I had to go back to the hotel. I was like, I was out there since like six or seven in the morning. It was, I had coffee. I had to freaking, you know, I had to evacuate the systems. You weren't going to go to the porta potties. They were non-existent and the lines were out the wazoo because around lunchtime or earlier, it was like, what, like 
10 or 11, I'd gone and waited in line for a while. Anyways, ladies and gentlemen, what a fun field trip, says this video. I mean, says this article. The takeaway, according to the host, was that while the protesters were angry because they believed the election that they had just voted in had been unfairly conducted, and they were very right, the persistent narrative of the January 6th insurrection's violence is nothing more than a dirty liberal lie, one that was used as a pretext for a federal crackdown on opponents of the Uniparty in Washington. Oh, oh, you have no idea. And if you think about it, ladies and gentlemen, or maybe if you don't, because if we're being honest, not many people have. Uh, the opponents of the Uniparty, we talked about that just a little bit, Crack down on many of the grassroots people who were standing up. They could not oppose the Uniparty, ladies and gentlemen. That's just the way that went. And that is exactly what that served for. Now, you know, just to foray into this opinion, please, from Slate, ladies and gentlemen. Because you want to talk about spreading your big lie, ladies and gentlemen. Masters of perception. Oh, the enemy is. But to jump into this, just to tear it apart piece by piece, just a little bit more. Just why not do it just one more time? I mean, we still have political prisoners in the Washington, D.C. gulag, and wherever else around the country they might be. And apparently, they're still hunting down the insurrectionists, even after all of this. And, you know, I read the press release from the Washington, D.C. police uh, chief or whatever, saying, how dare you, Tucker Carlson, how dare you, how dare you say that we, uh, you, gave tours to the QAnon shaman. How dare you? That was, in fact, a de-escalatory tactic in order to ensure that the unhinged shaman at the unhinged protest would not, in an unhinged faction, blow someone's unhinged head off. Apparently, ladies and gentlemen, at least that is now what we are expected to believe. Now, you know, I'm not saying that uh, doing the whole, you know, like falling in love with your captor thing is a uh, taught tactic of the Washington, D.C. police. I'm not saying that, but apparently... One of the tactics that you use is to just do their bidding and let people in and, 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 and welcome them in with open arms and waving fingers, etc. The article from this lamestream, shamestream, slate piece of rag says Carlson's imaginative gloss on January 6th elicited much scorn from reality-based pundits and politicians, including several Republican senators who were present in the Capitol that day and did not much appreciate 
being gaslit by someone who was not. Now, that was part and parcel of the entire piece, ladies and gentlemen. These Republican senators who were supposedly going to stand on the side of the American people until the American people came crashing down on their doors. Uh, like I said, guys, I missed the riot, okay? Crashing down on the doors I did not see, and oh, by the way, that uh, gallows with the uh, noose said art piece only on the side of it. Um, it was all fake. Okay. I was there. I was there. I never once felt threatened for my life, ladies and gentlemen. Never once did I feel threatened on that life. But yet, this magazine salon still wants you to believe that it was one of the darkest days in modern American history. You know why it was one of the darkest days? Because the people stood up against those who have enslaved this nation, its people, and have deceived the world into believing its freedom and democracy chants, ladies and gentlemen. For them, it was a dark day indeed, for they were almost broken of their process of deception. And we, the people, were there to defy them, not only to defy them, but to peacefully and to patriotically declare to them that we did not stand in acceptance, approval, and if not just that, We did not agree. And you know, our vote is agreement. It's a legal agreement, ladies and gentlemen. It's a legal document. It's something that people don't really think about. And they have defied that. They've, they have desecrated that most sacred right that the world abroad covets our ability to vote that is symbolic of our freedom if it is truly upheld to what it is intended to mean. So they can go on. They say Carlson has spent much of the past two years attempting to downplay the Capitol riot, sneering at those people who justifiably claim that the incursion was one of the darkest days in modern American history. I was there. Ladies and gentlemen. And when I left there, I felt like I was in the twilight zone. So it goes, says Salon, without the grievance flogging and the fact-evading tactics he embraced at the beginning of the Trump era. Carlson would be still co-hosting Fox and Friends Weekend. The primetime star understands the secret of his late career resurgence, and there is nothing at all unusual about him playing the tunes that have made him famous. They, w w But they won't talk about him being on CNN, will they? 
Will you talk about him being on CNNSlate.com? Or are you going to bust down that little reality barrier as well? Because then the people that like CNN are going to be like, Tucker Carlson was never on CNN. What the fuck are you talking about? And then you're going to be like, well, you just didn't watch CNN back in the day when he was on CNN. And then you've kind of figure out that he's all part of the same shtick. So, you know, you know, it's a good thing that people can come to the defense of Tucker Carlson. But the fact of the matter is that he's part of the same establishment. And it's okay, though. It's okay. Let me tell you one thing, something that I wrote down about this whole Tucker Carlson and President Trump and January 6th thing. Can I tell you one thing that's probably a little bit more important than January 6th and that uh, false flag capital riot that happened that day? And that's something that's a little bit more important than the fake insurrection that they keep talking about that they need to shut up about because I gotta agree. It is it is defamation. I mean, these people did not insurrect. Okay, you can't say that. That's not what they did. They never were even charged with that. What I can say, ladies and gentlemen, something that might be a little bit more important than all of that. Can I, yeah, I wrote this down. I wrote it down. Something that might be a little bit more important than Tucker Carlson and what might be a little bit more important than this what? This drama that's happening over Tucker Carlson and President Trump. Do we need to even go into that? We'll go into that. But something that might be a little bit more important than that is this whole cartels controlling, uh, you know, the banks and the judges and the senators and the representatives. That might be a little bit more important than January 6th and Tucker Carlson and his relationship to President Trump. That in itself is just intended to divide the rest of you sheeple out there who are like, meh, I love Tucker Carlson and I love the Republican Party and meh, I love President Trump. And then you're going to see, ladies and gentlemen, that you're going to have this divide between people who are like, but Tucker Carlson, this, this, and that, Fox News, oh, and then you're gonna, these people are going to be like, America first, America first, America first, make America great again, and Trump. And more divide, 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 divide. It doesn't matter. Tucker Carlson's best friends with, like, the Biden family. So why the hell does it matter? It doesn't, ladies and gentlemen. That's kind of my point. You know, that's kind of my point. Um, wait, 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 wait. Now that I've said what I've said about the cartels, etc. And now that's why, you know, maybe that's the reason why Tucker's taking a bullet right now, because uh, the cartels, Arizona, okay, you have the legislative districts in Arizona now declaring that they demand an investigation into the cartels controlling the senators and controlling the representatives and the judges and the city workers and all the fake house deeds that's happening right now and who's hearing about it, america who's telling you that this is happening right now nobody okay no one is saying bullshit. Instead, what you have is Tucker Cartel. Tucker Cartel. Whoops. Was that a Freudian flip? You have Tucker Carlson fighting with President Trump over what? 
the January 6th, and then you have him taking the beating. Okay, let's look, let, let's take a little bit more of an examination into this. Okay, since I brought it up and I threw it on the table and it's right in front of you like a big old bloody steak. Okay, what was this next article I had pulled up? Tucker Carlson praises Trump days after leaked texts revealed his hate. Okay, so do you see the drama that they're stirring up for you to get all a tizzy in? Now, you guys might understand that I might be, like, a little late on this. But, yeah, you know, this is still pretty timely. People still be caught up in their feels about this. Fox News' Tucker Carlson has praised Donald Trump for his 2024 plans, despite his recent comments that he hates the former president. So, now, you guys got to imagine. Carlson comes out. He shows you some January 6th material that's right about online with about how my day was there. It was like, you know, it was like a, it was like a, it was like a touristy infested day of patriots on a Wednesday afternoon with Kumbaya singing and people just, you know, sharing their experiences. That was my experience. Okay. It was not all this, oh, we're breaking down the Capitol and we're going to kill people and, oh, we're going to kill Officer Sicknick and we're going to kill Ashley Babbitt. No, that's not what happened. Yes, <laughs> when Babbitt was shot, <clears throat> ripples of that came through the crowd. Second hand, third hand, fourth hand, fifth hand, but nothing like what I experienced when I left Washington, D.C. So, you know, now you have, you have, so you have this, I mean, we're talking about 41,000 hours, and there's probably a lot more than that, not to mention the Ray Epps and the, uh, the Unabombers of the January 6th that uh, are clearly on tape and can be tracked just as easily as anyone who was present there on that day by, uh, you know, uh, geolocation. Um, I'm telling you guys, that was not what you guys were told, people who weren't there, is not what happened. Okay, so anyways. So with that said, though, you have this whole scenario now where uh, Speaker McCarthy has given the footage to Tucker Carlson, which in itself, you know, personally, I think, yeah, you probably should have given it to everybody, not just Tucker. Because if you give it to one person, that person can take a fall. That person can take a bribe. That person could be blackmailed. That person can be, I mean, everyone knows that he hangs out with the Hunter Bidens. Okay. You know, when people were like, where's Hunter Biden? All they should have done was ask Tucker Carlson, hey, Tucker Carlson, where's Hunter Biden? He might have known. I mean, I shared with you guys the emails. You know, I told you Tori said that. Okay. I told you Tori said that. Okay. So back to this um, mainstream, lamestream, shamestream, fake news, Mockingbird Media, Legacy Press article from Newsweek. Talking about Tucker Carlson. Now, apparently after Tucker Carlson went live with this J6 stuff, he got reprimanded. He got chastised. He downright almost got canceled. And then after that, they released leaked text messages of him saying, I hate President Trump. Well, who else have we heard say that? 
right? Didn't Alex Jones say the same thing? And doesn't everyone still love Alex Jones? Of course they do. So everyone still loves Tucker Carlson. And in fact, the point of the matter is that if people can see their way past this dodge, if they can see their way past this uh, distraction, then they can get straight to the cartels, which is what we need to be talking about, okay? It says here, legal documents released as part of the defamation lawsuit against Fox News by Dominion Voting Systems revealed a conversation between Carlson and an unnamed worker. Now, would not it be convenient that it was during the Dominion lawsuit that this information came out with? I mean, seriously, guys, think about it. During the Dominion voting, of course! Dominion Voting Systems is the gift that just keeps on giving. It was a scapegoat for the rest of them. It's the reason why Texas was still able to uh, bamboozle its voters as it did and as it has, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, the article says, in these messages from January 4th, 2021, Carlson said that he hated Trump passionately and was looking forward to no longer having to talk about him on air, Carlson said. We are very, very close to being able to ignore Trump most nights. I truly can't wait. I hate him passionately. I blew up at former President Trump advisor Pete Navarro today in frustration. I actually like Peter, but I can't handle much more of this. Why do you think Tucker would say something like that, ladies and gentlemen? I mean, he's with the establishment, okay? Anyone else who's saying anything else to you just knows a whole lot more than I do, okay? <laughs> How about that? Why don't you try those apples on for size, huh? Because you know what? Anyways, so it says, following this leak, Fox News released a statement and accused Dominion of cherry-picking quotes from the host to build a better case. On his show on Wednesday, Carlson spoke with Fox News journalist Kevin Cork as he discussed some of Trump's latest truth social posts and announcements about his plans if he wins the 2024 election. In a video released last week, Trump spoke about how he plans to change America for the better. If he becomes president today, Trump said, Today our country has lost its boldness. Under my leadership, we will get it back in a very big way. If you look at just three years ago, what we were doing was unthinkable. Our objective will be a quantum leap in the American standard of living. Almost one-third of the landmass of the United States is owned by the federal government, with just a very, very small portion of that land. We should hold a contest to charter up to 10 new cities and award them to the best proposals for development. In other words, we'll actually build new cities in our country again. These freedom, freedom cities will reopen the frontier, reignite American imagination, and give hundreds of thousands of young people and other people, all hardworking families, a new shot at home ownership, and in fact, the American dream. While speaking at the conservative uh, recent event, the Conservative Election Committee conference over the weekend, Trump also announced he plans to have baby bonuses for couples. He said, 
we will support baby boomers and we will support baby bonuses for a new baby boom. How does that sound? I want a baby boom. During his show on Wednesday, Carlson reflected on Trump's plan and said these plans would be good for everyone. Carlson said, you wouldn't know it from news uh, media, but Donald Trump is running for president again, you know. Put him in prison first, which is, of course, their plan. He is saying things that are really interesting, not rehashes at all. He has come up with a bunch of proposals that were so interesting that we thought we would bring them to you. After listening to Cork explain Trump's goals, Carlson added more babies, prettier buildings, cleaner parks. Those are achievable goals, ones that would improve everyone's life. Okay, so, you know, actually, Newsweek, I can agree with the end of that article, okay? You know, you had this other article coming from Business Insider. Donald Trump says Fox News host Tucker Carlson does not hate me, or at least not anymore, in reaction to show about Capitol Riot. You see, that is part and parcel of the scheme and the plan, you know, because there is a piece of information in the news that is far more important out there. And we can thank Representative State Arizona State Representative Liz Harris for bringing this to the public's attention, right? Well within the realm of those individuals in Arizona, the Senate, uh, the legislative body, the, it is well within their right to investigate the information that was brought forth in that committee hearing. And the things that I'm hearing are very disappointing, but maybe right on target, ladies and gentlemen, for the individuals that I, you know, rely on for information. And, you know, it's like, for example, the whole Mark Fincham thing, you know, like uh, just not to rehash uh, but to stay right on the target with, you know, I, I, I went back and looked at into some more of the information regarding the entire John Thaler and Sinaloa cartel and uh, collusion with Maricopa County and the rest of the story, you know, and there was still development in that entire story, like news wise ladies and gentlemen, news-wise. And it was very interesting because, you know, I have to say, my own independent and lay perspective on that entire material is the senators and representatives in Arizona who are currently in position in an elected office minus Sands Liz Harris representative are not doing their due diligence, nor are they doing their job at investigating information that is well within their bounds. That is an issue of sorts, ladies and gentlemen, if you want to be real. Okay. Um, Mark Fincham 
did a very noble thing by defending someone like Sonny Borelli from someone like, um, I, I think her name is like Melissa Swinnick or something like that. And uh, she has been um, a talk show host that I was very much unfamiliar with, but has been very much on the case of this uh, Sinaloa cartel collusion with Maricopa County and Arizona government officials, city and statewide, ladies and gentlemen. And... I, I, that I I kind of thought because in my own lay perspective, Sonny Borelli and also the relationship of House Speaker Ben Toma to run Beck services and all of that the above does not sound honest, forthright, becoming or toward at all, ladies and gentlemen, at all, you know, it is known about Mihai Toma and Andre Toma and Ben Toma and the Toma family and Runbeck Services and 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 Ellington and and the above, ladies and gentlemen. It is known, okay, this cannot happen, ladies and gentlemen. It needs to be investigated. And and the fact that uh, it's being it seems to be being you know pushed under the rug. You know, and, and to have someone like Representative Fincham, whom I have supported and stood behind implicitly, in, in spite of things that I hear through the grapevine. Ladies and gentlemen, for the boldness of his bolo tie and his cowboy hat, ladies and gentlemen, Mark Fincham, um, let me tell you about the Texas model of politics. You can have, Mr. Fincham, with all due respect, you can have a five-star conservative, all-American, America first, make America great again, Tea Party, you know, election integritists, everything, all of the above, Mr. Fincham. You should know this, or do you? And they can have a golden voting record, okay? But let me tell you about the Texas record of politics. When you know how a legislative bill is going to be killed in its legislative process, you can be the all-American, make America great again, America first, save America, President Trump supporting election integrity, advising representative or senator, and you can run an entire... You can run an entire speaking conference tour on that fact. And if you know every measure that you do to fight for election integrity and every every person six that you got that does the same, doesn't matter because that bill is going to be shot down by someone in the opposing house. Whether you're a senator or you're a representative, it doesn't matter. Let me tell you about the Texas model. The Texas model is this. You can have a golden A-plus conservative voting record. You can be vocal and you can be America first. You can be a Trump supporter. 
but they already know that that bill is going to be killed by the opposing house or it's not going to make it to the floor. So you can bust out your spurs and your golden pistols and your cowboy hat and you can bust out your old glory and say you're for election integrity but you know that that bill is going to be killed anyways the life of that bill has already been decided mr fincham and if arizona runs their house anyway like texas runs their house it's all pantomime and it's all false glory and that's what the American people are looking at right now. So I would stand in defense of Melissa Swinnick or whatever her name is, because I believe Sonny did. I believe Senator Borelli did sincerely have Mark Fincham six. I believe he did a hundred percent, but let's face it. Like I said, it's a pantomime of politics. They know the life and the death of every single piece of legislation before it even goes to session. That's the way they do it in Texas. Is that the way they do it in uh, Arizona? I wonder, ladies and gentlemen. But getting back, because we're precious, precious running out of time. So, you know, the, the, we had this article from the Business Insider. Donald Trump says Fox News host Tucker Carlson doesn't hate him, right? <laughs> I'm pretty sure he does, ladies and gentlemen. Just like uh, Alex Jones. Can I, can, I be, uh, can I be blunt in my words? What did Alex Jones say? I effing hate Trump. I wasn't even blunt in my words. He was all, F Trump. But people are like, Alex Jones is right. It doesn't matter if he's, uh, you know, inside job or whatever. Okay. <laughs> whatever, y'all. Okay. Uh, there was another, there's a New York Times article, five times Tucker Carlson privately reviled Trump. I hate him. It's all it was about. And the only reason why I share it with you guys is because I want you guys to see he's establishment. He's meant to take a ball right now. He's meant to be a total distraction, ladies and gentlemen. He's meant to be a disruption because the cartels control a lot of backyards. It might not be yours, America, but it is yours, America, because uh, America, <laughs> we're talking from your backyard here. Um, the host's private comments revealed recently in court documents contrast sharply with his support of conservatives on his show. So, you know, I think this is a disruptive conversation piece. This is like a conversation piece at the coffee table. This whole thing with Tucker Carlson. It's something to talk about. But again, if you know, if you think about it, you know, things like oh, the whole McCarthy thing, if you think about it, like, you know, there's this Washington Examiner article that kind of talks about it. McCarthy tells top donors he is not to blame for House GOP's midterm woes. Again, what have I said? When we're talking about the 2022 midterm elections, who is talking about it being a stolen election? Now, Washington Examiner, I might be using their article here again. You know, I've used Washington Examiner's articles by, you know, that is my way of saying I've shared them with you all, you know, but, you know, they were one of the major outlets that pushed the red wave did not exist. Blame it on Trump narrative. And that's a 
fair and balanced publication, ladies and gentlemen. But they had this article again about McCarthy. McCarthy telling top donors, because it's all about the donors and the money when you're talking about politics, ladies and gentlemen. Very rarely, unless it's profitable, it would seem, does it have anything to do with integrity or honoring one's oath. House Speaker Kevin McCarthy, the Washington Examiner article says, has reportedly told donors that he and House candidates in the 2022 cycle were not the reason for the GOP's underperformance in the midterm elections last year. McCarthy told donors at a retreat in Florida last week that the top of the ticket mattered per Axios, blaming poor performance on weak gubernatorial and Senate candidates. Examples used in the presentation reportedly include Pennsylvania GOP gubernatorial candidate Doug Mastriano and showing uh, how House candidates significantly outperformed him, but many still came up short of victory. Mastriano lost now Governor Josh Shapiro by nearly 15 percentage points. Now, you know, that's um, an election I would have to go back and study. Uh, because we're in t a totally different world now, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, we're dealing with totally different issues. We're seeing different vying avenues of these individuals that we've trusted. You know, Doug Mastriano was America first, America, make America great again, save America, election integrity central. Okay. But um, is it fair to say what was said here as an example? Huh? I don't think that necessarily is, ladies and gentlemen, because theft was rampant in Pennsylvania. Okay. Now, I didn't examine Doug Mastriano's um, race, you know, um, but it'd be interesting to note all of the fine details the Washington Examiner article says McCarthy also reportedly said bad gubernatorial candidates cost the GOP eight seats and noted that in the past two election cycles, House Republicans had added eight had added seats while the Senate GOP had lost a net of four seats. And does McCarthy ever talk about the election theft? You know, and I know President Trump is vouching for representative speaker mccarthy but let's be real ladies and gentlemen you know uh so i you know and basically what i'm saying is i don't believe that kevin mccarthy is necessarily on the side of president trump and that is an issue for me but president trump is holding on to him for whatever reason he might be there was this other article from the Gateway Pundit, top GOP donors to meet with GOP candidates for president, but President Trump is not invited. This is just another article to kind of go into those, because we're at that, that stage where we're not about dividing. I think we all understand amongst the base, right? You know, the grassroots, et cetera, and beyond. But, uh, and we don't, we are not going to be controlled either, I should say for those who are running operations, right? Um, but um, 
we need to be able to recognize those who will not serve the people in the future. They're not serving us now. They never served us in the past. You know, so you know, I was looking at this article. Um, again, it was from the Gateway Pundit. This is a really bad move for all involved. It says, according to a report by an objective and non-biased Yahoo journalist who wrote the book Piety and Power, Mike Pence and the taking of the White House, there's an event this weekend in Southern Florida. Now, this is from this, this article is from the last day of February. So it's uh, what, the first week of March? Uh, would that be fair to say? Uh, let's see here. What is my calendar say? Is that fair to say calendar? Calendar. Calendar. Yep. First week of March, uh, which is two weeks ago, almost to the day. The Club for Growth. Is that hair growth? A leading conservative campaign group will host almost all the top 2024 Republican prospects for president at a donor retreat in South Florida this weekend, except Donald Trump, according to the Republican familiar with plans. Newly minted candidates Nikki Haley, the former UN ambassador, and Vivek Ramaswamy, the pharmaceutical magnate turned conservative influencer, will headline the meeting. Top Republicans who have not declared their candidacies but are seriously eyeing bids, including making all the moves of a shadow campaign, are also expected to attend the event, including Florida Governor Ron DeSantis, former Vice President Mike Pence, South Carolina Senator Tim Scott, and New Hampshire Governor Chris Sununu. My daddy was involved with... Uh, Nebraska and Boys Town Sununu. The only declared candidate not attending is President Donald Trump. Trump, who helped spark, uh, spark the January 6, 2021 insurrection with his 2020 election lies and is widely blamed for the GOP's poor showing in the 2022 midterms, mm -hmm. was not invited to the donor retreat. The Republican source told Yahoo News. Who was this? Tom Lobianco. Okay, I guess. You know what I mean? I guess Tom Lobianco. I guess. I'm not sure. I'm not sure if I believe you, Tom Lobianco. Not sure if I believe you. What a nasty and ignorant journalist, says the Gateway Pundit. I think the same. Slandering President Trump by saying he helped spark the January 6, 2021. Yeah, it is a slander. That is slander, actually. President Trump, you should sue the bitch. Anyways, uh, it says this tells you all you need to know about the candidates and the elites. Yep. Pay attention to the opponents of the person who has the record. This other article, this one came from uh, ksatnews.com. That's actually uh, news in San Antonio. Pompeo slash Haley take veiled jabs at Trump in CPAC remarks. Two leading Republicans took veiled jabs at President Donald Trump at an annual gathering of conservatives Friday. They can't say CPAC. Knocking celebrity leaders not in tune with reality while not noting winnable elections that had been lost as they urged a party course correction ahead. 
of the 2024 presidential elections. Pompeo, get off yourself, Pompeo. What is it all about? What is that all about, Pompeo? In their remarks, former Secretary of State Mike Pompeo and former United Nations Ambassador Nikki Haley, both of whom served in the Trump administration, offered a snapshot of how the former president declared and uh, potential 2024 opponents are trying to delicately navigate his dominant role in the party while looking for ways to differentiate themselves in what could be a nasty and crowded primary contest, Pompeo said. We can't become the left, following celebrity leaders with their own brand of identity politics, those with fragile egos who refuse to acknowledge reality. Shut the hell up, Pompeo. All right, go back to the CIA. Haley says, who launched her... uh, uh, She hit on similar themes, okay? Noting the party has lost the popular vote in seven of the last eight presidential elections... Haley said, our cause is right, but we have failed to win the confidence of a majority of Americans. Bullshit. They stole the elections, you faking fraud. They stole it. Okay, under under the frame that, that she's talking about, maybe that could be true. But they stole the election, so it's not. Okay. If you're tired of losing, don't vote for me. <laughs> That's what Nikki Haley said. And if you want to win, vote for President Trump. Anyways, that's what she said. Anyways, okay. <laughs> it says, as she was walking through the venue, um, several attendees were chanting Trump, Trump, Trump. It was a sign of the dissonance at the event as potential and declared challengers tried to make inroads at a gathering that has become closely aligned with the president. Yeah, interesting, right? But, you know, you just have to listen to everybody and you can. It's a good litmus test. I won't I won't go long on this article, but like this one from Newsweek again, Joe Rogan dismisses Carrie Lake's election lawsuit as a puppet show. Excuse me, Joe. Really? I mean, maybe Newsweek is taking his words out of context. I'll have to go back and review that. And if it's worth sharing with you, maybe I will. Maybe even just almost as short as this, Carl Rove says Ron DeSantis is smart to skip CPAC and its meaningless straw poll Florida politics. Dot com. Yeah, well, if you're in with the Carl Rove crowd and the George Soros crowd, I'm glad not to be in with your crowd. And that's about that, ladies and gentlemen. That is about that. So, yeah, something to talk about, y'all. Uh, but, you know, now, ladies and gentlemen, I find us at March 15th. I'm sure I'll be here again with you guys um, shortly. Uh, There's more things I want to talk about. There's another hearing that I wanted to go over with you guys. Also, um, the Twitter hearings for over the Twitter files. You know, Matt Taibbi released another Twitter file. So I wanted to go over that with uh, the audience as well. Just so you guys know kind of what's coming up here. 
Uh, I had these other articles, you know, Mexico, Sinaloa cartel declares all out war over arrest of El Chapo's son. That was January 6, 2023. In case anyone was curious what's going on with the cartels, because again, ladies and gentlemen, like we have this whole thing with Tucker Carlson going on the January 6th. And yes, it is important. Uh, but, you know, the Matrix, ladies and gentlemen, the Matrix, I can tell you, probably starting towards the end of January, have I not seen the Matrix more than I have seen the Matrix, but I've seen it, seen it in my face, ladies and gentlemen. Um, so you had that situation. So Mexico cartel, that was January 6, 2023. They declare all out war. Armed men took hostages, burned vehicles, and stormed an airport in northern Mexico on Thursday after federal forces captured Ovidio Guzman, one of the world's most notorious, most wanted cartel leaders and the son of the notorious drug lord Joaquin El Chapo Guzman. Uh, the drug boss was arrested after a pre-dawn gunfight in the city of Cualicán, a stronghold of Guzman's Sinaloa cartel and was later flown to Mexico City, according to Mexican Secretary of Defense Luis Crescencio Sandoval Gonzalez. Officials canceled flights, suspended school, and ordered residents to shelter in place as cartels responded to Guzman's arrest with throwing up road blockades across the state of Sinaloa with the worst of the violence concentrated in Coelacan. Sandoval said cartel fighters blocked all six entrances to the city, burning vehicles and attack the city's airport as well as an air force base located nearby uh there's another one here uh let's see here mexico's top cop was el chapo sinaloa cartel's most valuable asset fed say at brooklyn trial this was february january 23rd okay so that's interesting there too guys so here's here's just an example of how uh, you know, uh, assets work within the system for the cartel and Sinaloa, ladies and gentlemen. Mexico's one-time top cop played the part of a drug-fighting hero, adding more than 30,000 cops to the country's federal police force, but it was all a front, federal prosecutors say. Hinaro Garcia Luna was really taking money from El Chapo's feared Sinaloa cartel, to keep drugs flowing to United States. He also had a second job, a dirtier job, a more profitable job, Assistant United States Attorney Philip Pilmar said in his opening argument Monday at Garcia Luna's trial in Brooklyn Federal Court. Garcia Luna, 54, Mexico's ex-secretary of public security, is accused of taking briefcases full of cash from the Sinaloa cartel while it was run by the notorious drug lord Joaquin El Chapo Guzman from 2006 to 2012, under then-President Felipe Calderón, he ran Mexico's equivalent of the FBI, consolidating his power by swelling the ranks of the federal police, Pilmar said. The cartel kept its billion-dollar drug operation humming by paying to buy off the federal police to put them on the payroll, to make them part of the organization, Pilmar said. The defendant took their cash and betrayed his oath to his country. El Chapo was convicted and sentenced to life plus 30 years in 2019. <laughs> okay, so there's that. And uh, 
that's pretty much it ladies and gentlemen so just kind of some stuff i wanted to share before we get into the rest of the week like i said uh, there's another hearing. It was an oversight into the FBI hearing. I kind of wanted to go with you guys. Uh, and some other things that I'm going to dip into eventually. And also getting back to some Texas news. Um, we'll talk about Houston and Harris County and the 2022 midterms. And we'll talk about some real updates on the Arizona Maricopa County. But again, ladies and gentlemen, like I said last time, I mean, really, what is the point? We can fight for election integrity, but if we have several precincts and jurisdictions, counties even, that are being run by the cartels by way of our government being commiserate to that, What's the point? They're always going to have their way. Be it by duress or be it willingly, be it knowingly, however it might be. That's a route we have to dig out. Because we cannot cure the wound if there's a festering root that has not been cured. And that's just the long and short of it, America. The rest is up to uh, you, us, we. I'll see you later. This is Mr. C signing out. Be safe. Be blessed. God bless America.